Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra. So, Bengal is unfortunately burning again. And uh, to talk about it, I have on the podcast back again. Um, I requested Kanchan Dada to come and uh, discuss this issue. Dada, thanks for coming. Thank you. So, Dada, for the benefit of our... Uh, viewers and listeners uh, can i request you to maybe summarize the recent series of events so that everybody knows what exactly has happened because uh, it seems that nobody wants to agree on what has happened also so can you maybe start with setting the record straight on that at least first well in a nutshell what happened was that uh, uh, this year's ram navami processions were uh, attacked at various places in Bengal. Uh, it, they were attacked in uh, Cal- uh, just outside Calcutta in Howrah. Uh, they were attacked uh, up in the Chicken Neck area. Uh, they were attacked in Hooghly. And uh, these were quite vicious organized attacks. So uh, they, they not only attacked the Yatras, the Shobha Yatras, but uh, the next day, which was, I think, a Friday, uh, after the Friday prayers, the mobs came and again indulged in rioting. And uh, there are very vivid visuals, videos which are going around, which show mobs trying to enter Hindu uh, 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 homes, uh, trying to break down the doors. In one particular video, there was this little girl who was screaming in fear. I mean, she must have been a child, uh, some five, six-year-old child. And uh, similar violence also happened in uh, Bihar, in the chief minister's constituency. Uh, the, 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 the same violence happened in Jharkhand. Uh, and uh, so there was a pattern to it, and there was an arc to it. And uh, what is worrisome is uh, the Bihar chief minister was busy attending iftars. He didn't have any time either to comment on the violence or the utter failure of the uh, of his administration. The Jharkhand chief minister, as usual, was missing in action. But the chief minister of West Bengal, Mamata Banerjee, she kept on sort of... Uh, adding provocation to the situation with her statements. Uh, three days before the uh, Ram, uh, the, uh, Ram uh, Navami Shobha Yatras, she made a statement saying that, uh, I fear there will be violence there and, and this, uh, people should remember this is the month of Ramzan. So, uh, there should be no violence, etc. Then once violence happens, she starts saying that this was done by the BJP. They entered minority areas and the expression minority areas then becomes a constant refrain in all her statements. Minority areas, minority areas, minority areas. Uh, The Last thing which I would like to say. See, these yatras were not organized by the BJP. They were organized by the VHP and other local organizations 
Hindu organizations. And uh, the BJP, of course, had to take up the cause uh, once the attacks happened. Related to this is the fact that the places where these attacks happened, these are the same places where similar uh, Ram Naomi Yatras or Shobha Yatras were attacked last year. So there was a pattern to it. I mean, there's a history to it. And some of the places where the attacks happened are also places which witnessed very, and this I'm talking of other parts of Bengal. Uh, these are the places which witnessed uh, vicious, uh, violent, uh, anti-CAA agitations. So this was not something which, which was provocative. The Yatra was not something which was provocative. The usual suspects were waiting for an occasion to come out and riot. And uh, the, the, you know, the other thing is that Mamta Banerjee keeps on saying, oh, they went, uh, they took an unauthorized route. They had no permission. They, they didn't take permission to go there. First of all, I think it is absurd. I mean, once permission for a public event has been taken, every inch, every square centimeter of the route does not have to be subject to permits. This is India. This is a free country. This is a democracy. This is not some uh, obscene show. It's 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 a religious shobha yatra. But that said, the organizers at various places. At least this is what has come out in the public domain. They had proper authorized letters or letters uh, authorizing them to allowing them to take out the yatras along particular routes from the police and from the civil administration. So uh, the, the claim that they went around in an unauthorized manner uh, is a bogus claim. So, you know, this is broadly the story. And uh, uh, lastly, you know, the, the, the sadness of it all is that the media in Bengal has become putty in the hands of the Trinomul Congress. There are various reasons for this. The over, overwhelming reason is that there is this uh, unstated threat there is this uh, unseen uh, threat and, and, and that results into fear. No journalist there wants to write against the administration. No journalist there wants to report against the administration because the media house owner is scared or beholden for reasons which we all know or the journalists are scared or beholden for reasons that we know. Uh, because of which the narrative that has come out is that the Hindus were to blame. Uh, the rioting uh, Muslim mobs are innocent people. Uh, the victim is the bad, uh, the victim is the villain and the perpetrator is the hero. So this kind of narrative then got reflected in the Delhi media. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, Rajdeep Sardesai, 
he on one of his evening shows he had mamta banerji on the line and he allowed her non to to make a non stop long spiel on how uh, she is not to blame her administration is not to blame the police are not to blame the uh, the, the the poor muslims are not to blame all blame devolves on the hindus and the bjp and uh, and, and and rajdeep didn't even uh, cared to sort of interrupt her and the funniest thing is that while he was speaking to mamta banerji on the phone and it was being broadcast on the screen of india today the visuals which were being shown were of rioting muslim mobs now nothing could be nothing could be more you know <laughs> stark than this of the of the of the of, of the nature of media today in india and these are senior journalists they claim to be senior journalists they claim to have been around for a long time and if this is their craven approach if this is their craven attitude then then there is nothing left to be said dada <clears throat> first follow up question to this and i'm really grateful to you aapne bahut acche se summarize kiya isko because i i can feed off this now what is happening in our country that how why what is so unique about ram navmi processions being targeted all the time and it was very interesting in fact on social media truendology also shared a uh, uh, to debunk rajdeep sardesai's uh, claim that you know this attack on ram navmi is a modern phenomenon and truendology because i would like to credit the source where i saw it showed that this has been happening for hundreds of years that you know in ancient times also books mentioned this that ram navmi processions are always attacked like what is this unique problem that we face and why why do they crop up in select areas all the time like and there is it can we now say there is a pattern to it is my question so there are several parts to your question let's begin with uh, the first question there is this uh, canard that uh, ram navami uh, processions uh, or or, or uh, uh, the whole idea of celebrating uh, sri ram these are these are new things in bengal this was never seen earlier it's alien to bengali culture or or to bengal uh, to the bengali people and these are external impositions on the state now that's an absurdity if you if you look at uh, uh, i mean tago almost virtually every writer of consequence uh, including rabindranath tagore has written extensively on the valor of uh, sri ram or uh, the story of ramayan in some way or the other the and tagore incidentally was a brahmo samaji he was not a idol worshipper but he sort of saw it as a historical uh, intellectual he intellectualized it as a historical event or as a part of india's civilizational history uh, now the other thing why isn't it something which is new see uh, west bengal uh, 
I mean, how does one phrase it? Now, it may not have been predominant in all of the state, but in urban areas, which had uh, factories and industries, uh, Bengal always had a sizable number of immigrant or migrant uh, workers from Bihar, uh, especially from Bihar. And they brought their cultural practices, they brought their uh, faith, their belief, etc., to Bengal. So you are right when you say that uh, records show that Ram, Ram Naomi Yatras were taking place 100 years ago. Yes, it's true. And uh, I think there is uh, somebody who has compiled uh, the the, the 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 civil orders of that time uh, he has listed the various festivals which were uh, observed and for which holidays were given at that point of time and one of the festivals uh, which has been listed over there is ram navami so you know it is again a reflection of the uh, a decline and death of uh, Bengal's intellectual capacity uh, that uh, most Bengalis today are not aware of the past history of their state. The, the Bengali intellectual today has an adult mind and you have the kind of, the, the kind of people who are at the forefront are people like Mukulika Banerjee, who squats at the London School of Economics. And the greatest joy in her life is to put down a Hindu student and uh, get him deplatformed deep from the LSE Students' Union election. So, and, and, and similarly in America too, in, in academics over there, there are several uh, Bengali teachers and, and they, also, they are also engaged in this uh, very very proactively engaged in uh, in propagating views that are uh, that sort of promote uh, deracination of the bengali of the indian and uh, that's it i mean that that, that has that, that is today's bengal story so I know, Dada, this is a diversion, but can you narrate what exactly has happened? Because genuinely, I could not follow up on the story. What basically this student election wala ladka jo tha. I, I know it's not our subject, but could you summarize it? Because mujhe genuinely well, I, 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 don't, I, I really don't want to digress from what we are supposed to be talking, but very quickly, uh, this is the second time this has happened. Previously, uh, an Indian girl was deplatformed. Uh, from the Oxford Union elections. Uh, and uh, that was because of a campaign led ironically again by a Bengali professor over there, uh, uh, calling her out for being a Hindu and uh, a Hindu fascist or whatever, Hindu nationalist. And uh, similarly, this time, uh, you have an Indian origin student who's a Hindu who has been deplatformed from the uh, LSE union elections because of a very proactive, aggressive campaign by uh, this uh, professor called uh, Mukulika Banerjee. And uh, she, she sort of canvassed against him for being a Hindu nationalist associated with the RSS. 
etc it's an islamophobe etc so uh, what has now that by itself is a story but the, the interesting kahani mein twist uh, which has come up is that she is a very she is a close associate of rahul gandhi uh, so she had flown down from London to join his Bharat Jodo Yatra. Uh, she was his host uh, in when he visited London this time. She organized his meetings, including, I'm told, including the one at uh, uh, the committee room of Westminster. So uh, that, that adds an interesting twist. And, and it shows how uh, Rahul Gandhi's aggressive anti-Indianness uh, in uh, both at home and abroad, sort of breeds uh, these uh, uh, creatures with very twisted minds. So, I mean, that is the LSE story, essentially. Right. Thanks. Thank. Thanks a lot. Now, now back to the discussion. No, it, it, there was. I. I'm trying to. You know. So I followed this handle, Mir Fazel zero one on social media. Uh, the ha the bio of the handle says 22, I'm assuming that's the age, journalist, multimedia journalist, Maktoub Media, Al Jazeera English, TRT World. Yeah, I, know about him. I know about him. Yeah. So now I'm just letting people know. So there are a series of videos shared by this, uh, this young uh, journalist where uh, there are videos of Azizia Madrasa and Muzaf Muzaf Murarpur Mosque uh, in Bihar Sharif, they have been attacked, and there are you know, the person has shared an entire thread saying that uh, different look, areas um, may they, look, they are attacking. So, what do we make of that? No, no, look, Kushal. I mean, um, I, I have now become very skeptical about these allegations. Uh, you know. The OIC issued a statement a couple of days ago to which the government of India has responded very strongly, in which they mention uh, this Maktoub media character's allegations. So either these are allegations which have traveled from India to uh, uh, Turkey and other OIC countries, or these are allegations which have which were framed abroad and imported over here and then disseminated and broadcast by this Maktoub media character. Uh, I don't want to get into that game. Uh, all I will say is that, yes, a madarsa did burn down. I mean, at least that is what the evidence till now. But nobody knows who burned it down, how it burned down, who were the people who attacked the madarsa. There is no uh, testimonial evidence to that fact. Even the great Nitish Kumar, Sushasan Babu, his police and his uh, civil administration have no answers to this question. So I, I won't be surprised if uh, uh, there were there was one agent provocateur or there were several agents provocateurs and uh, they committed this act to 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 sort of put the blame on hindus and paint them in a in bleak colors but uh, 
till such time there is some establishment of fact uh, of or facts uh, i wouldn't want to comment on it uh, this this is this this has been a common practice during riots in india uh, during delhi riots we have seen how uh, they they set a blaze the muslim rioters set a blaze uh places i mean uh, you know establishments shops etc homes and then claimed that uh, the hindus came and did it but uh, luckily we had uh, we had uh, uh, witnesses we had uh, uh, evidence uh, including cctv camera plus media coverage of the event so they couldn't they couldn't carry that charge uh, lastly no let me link it to what happened in bengal so again i come back to rajdeep sardesai who who sort of very uh, confidently i mean in a supreme confidence in 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 putting out garbage uh, that that the hindus were carrying arms and flashing weapons and to be fair not only rajdeep the entire lot all this is fine yes you know hindus were attacked yes that is true uh, yes hindus uh, are the victims yes that is true but tell us why what were the hindus doing carrying arms and flashing weapons now there is no photographic or video evidence of of the people who were in the yatra flashing weapons or carrying arms uh, what was seen it was one young chap atop one of the floats of uh, flashing uh, one of those uh, country made revolvers what we call katta what what was he called sumit or something right that that young yeah. boy yeah uh, now so everybody then zeroed in on him put a red circle around him and yes here is the evidence see arms were being carried see weapons were being flashed fine thousands of people participating in in a yatra one one chap flashing a country made uh, revolver gives you the license to say hindus were carrying uh, arms and flashing weapons what has happened now the police has been able to track him down and they have arrested him his family says that he was a close associated as associate or he is a close associate of a trinamool congress mla that he used to ha- he hangs around with this mla that he works for this mla that he works for money so very cleverly he is planted in the rally he is told that when the cameras are around you you sort of lift your t-shirt and flash your uh, country made uh, revolver uh, or katta and uh, we shall ensure that that footage gets prominence Now, this is this is this is by itself so harmful i mean so malicious and and trinamool has not uttered a word after all these details came out his mother says 
that he works for this Trinumul uh, MLA, that he hangs around with the Trinumul people, that he works for money. Uh, all those are now in the public domain. They have not even had, I mean, of course, they can't come out and say, no, she's, she's talking rubbish. Yep. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, like, uh, are there any uh, specific details? Like Rahul Shiv Shankar had uh, listed, there were 37 arrested for Ram Navmi clashes in Howrah. Despite the TMC claiming court outsiders were brought in, all the arrested are locals. Then I don't understand what is this narrative about no, outsiders is... are coming in. Rahul, this is this is uh, an old trope, uh, the, uh, and 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 it is very popular with the Trinamool Congress. Every time something happens, it's outsiders. If they are, uh, if they face a tough time at elections, they start blaming outsiders. If they, if there is violence and and the administration is unable to contain it or control it or prevent it, they blame outsiders. So this word outsider has become a convenient uh, excuse that they are not uh, local residents; they are outsiders. So what do we do? But as this list, which you mentioned, shows that all of them are local residents. There are no outsiders. And what outsiders? You know, I wish somebody would tell the chief minister of West Bengal. Uh, and, and, and she's supposed to have, an, have a master's in history. Uh, that uh, the Tagore family are outsiders in Bengal. They came from uh, what we now call Uttar Pradesh. I mean, the, the, their forefathers came from Uttar Pradesh and settled in Bengal. So who is an outsider in Bengal? All the, all the Brahmins of Bengal are outsiders. They came from Gangapar. So this absurdity i mean uh, you know to to sort of uh, excite popular imagination by using the term outsider in bangla it is called bohiragato and it's an old game shiv sena has uh, played this game for a long time uh, shiv sena has done the uh, done it to death uh, now nobody even in maharashtra takes it seriously or mumbai takes it seriously uh, it has fallen off the map. So Trinamool Congress, which is behind the curve, has suddenly discovered merit, political merit, in using the word outsider. But I think you know we we are we have we have spoken a lot about these things. I wish we could talk about this whole thing about uh, the minority area or minority areas. Yeah, uh, I will with... come there, Dada. But uh, did you read the Baran Bench tweets where they directly quote? So, the I mean, they say the that uh, the Sessions judge, uh, you know, and they're quoting there, the Sessions judge is saying the letter is written by a Sessions judge from Rishra area. He has informed that violence started near his residence and he sought help <coughs> from the police, but no help was offered. Anti-social elements, he has said, 
are roaming on the streets armed with weapons and explosives. He has said that there is a Lord Hanuman temple near his residence and these anti-social elements are trying to target the said temple. There is a chance, he said, of spread up of communal violence. They aren't getting help from the local administration. Even the judges are saying this now. No, that's true. If you look at uh, the the videographic evidence of what happened that night, two consecutive nights actually. The first night, the Shobha Yatra was attacked, and uh, the 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 attackers were all Muslims. Then this, you know, I mean, the 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 the, the voice which you hear the voices which you hear on these videos are of alarmed residents in that area asking uh, you know people to close the windows to to shut off uh, the lights things like that bombs being hurled stones being hurled uh, and and it it, it was like uh, street fighting And, and the Sone Suaga Dada, I think you shared this. Street fighting in the sense that it was a, a one-sided fight, in the sense that they were attacking and this people, the, the Yatra people were uh, sort of uh, moving back or taking shelter in gullies. And the police was there. The, the local police was there, but that but they just stood around just as they stood around in Howrah Shivpur and other places where violence happened. So they just hung around watching people hurl stones, hurl bombs, uh, run, I mean, you know, beat up people with lathis or whatever without moving their little finger. Now, this is the first night at Rishra. 24 hours later, after Mamta Banerjee claims that uh, absolute control has been established. There is no violence in Rishra. Nothing happened in Rishra. Uh, please remember, Muslims are ob observing their month of Ramzan. Uh, it's, you know, the, she she made a makes a long speech. That night, after or, or close to midnight, they attack the same place again, and they they burn down the. Uh, railway gate and then they start moving towards Rishra station and luckily the railway protection force was able to come out mobilize itself in full force and some some amount of uh, resistance was put up but the signaling system was damaged because of which the Rail traffic on that sector came to a halt, and that's a very important sector, the Howrah Bardwan sector. So people on local trains, they were stuck, families were stuck, thousands of people. Commuters were stuck. And the administration wasn't bothered. So the 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 the, the sessions judge who wrote or who called, um, who sought help from the High Court. He has not exaggerated his case even one bit. And because some of us have friends and families in Bengal, we were monitoring the situation on 
uh, till late night and uh, we know exactly what happened and the irony is dada that the honorable high court now of kolkata has directed if i am right the west bengal government to make requisitions for deployment of central forces now for assisting the police in maintaining uh, peace during the hanuman jayanti processions if i am right right this has been have uh, this has happened now yeah because uh, the, the, the uh, because mamta banerjee thinks uh, it's it's beneath her dignity to seek central forces she thinks that she can handle any situation every situation by herself she thinks that her police is good enough incidentally she also holds the home portfolio in the state government but th- there is a problem the state police has been defenestrated there is there are people say that there are clear instructions that the police must never act in a strong manner especially when her constituents are involved so the police police does what it is told to do hmm i will just give you a contrast to this in in up which also has a sizable muslim population we had major ram navami celebrations there were ram navami shobha yatras in almost every area but not even a single incident not even half an incident not even a quarter incident of violence was reported our media is so disingenuous so so if i may say so bereft of ethics and values nobody has bothered to point out this contrast that whereas in uttar pradesh this used to be the normal this is the new normal and the new normal in west bengal or bihar or jharkhand now dada let us talk about this uh, what the hell is this minority area business like are we now coming to a point in this country that we are going to designate areas in this country and uh, uh like i i was absolutely shocked when i heard the chief minister of bengal saying that uh, you are creating disturbances in minority areas this is like there's some sort of monopoly that uh, only x people have a monopoly so what you do in the roads of and what happens if i go into a minority area and take a shobha yatra like what is so wrong in that fundamentally see i have a problem and i think many people do with the expression minority area uh city is a city a district is a district a village is a village uh, a, dis- a, a town is a town a state is a state and all this adds up to the country 
So to say that there are minority areas, that by itself is, is unacceptable. Now it can be argued that that you know this is just uh, uh, this is just to convey that this area uh, has a Muslim majority or Christian majority or whatever. It's never used for Christian majority areas or uh, Jain majority areas or Sikh majority areas. It's always used to describe Muslim majority areas or mu Muslim pockets or Muslim enclaves or Muslim ghettos. First, you allow the ghettoization of Muslims, which by itself is wrong. It is, it is socially wrong. It is culturally wrong. It's politically wrong. But it is it is again beneficial for politicians because then every ghetto becomes a small vote bank. From there, we have now come to a situation where this term minority area is used. Uh, it its use has been normalized. Now, I have a problem. I have a problem because uh, sadly in our country, we have a very uh, poor or low regard for history. In fact, we have no sense of history. And uh, as a result, we have forgotten events that occurred in this country only 75 years ago. Or maybe 100 years ago, because events preceded those events. The demand for Pakistan or the creation of Pakistan did not happen overnight. There was incipient Muslim separatism. The Muslim League kept on tapping into it. But let's not forget that the Muslim League was with the Congress till 46. Now, what happened? You, we had the 1946 elections, the provincial elections, on the basis of uh, uh, communal seats. I mean, if you look at if you look at the results, of course, the Muslim League uh, fared poorly. The Congress got uh, uh, one thousand five hundred and eighty-five seats. Uh, of, the, the, of the total one thousand five hundred eighty-five seats, Congress won nine hundred and twenty-three seats, which is about fifty-eight percent of the seats. Uh, and the Muslim League won four hundred twenty-five seats, which is about twenty-seven percent of the total seats. But what is relevant is that the Muslim League captured all the Muslim constituencies in the Central Assembly. 
as well as all the Muslim constituencies in the provincial legislatures. It is this vote uh, it was this vote of uh, which the Muslim League was able to capture because these were constituencies which uh, were Muslims were contesting against Muslims and the Muslim League contestant was the winner. So this paves the path to the demand and the push for Pakistan. Now, it can be argued uh, that, uh, you know, all of India was not part of this decision. Of course, all of India was not part of this decision. Pakistan was a creation of Muslims in, as decided by them in minority areas or minority constituencies. Now, what are you doing today? Today, you are again reviving the concept of exceptionalism, of, of exclusivism. That, uh, you know, th there are minority areas which are meant only for minorities, only for Muslims. Next will be the demand that they should have uh, reserved political representation. We already have, you know, the, the report which was commissioned by uh, the great economist Manmohan Singh uh, on, on minority issues in India. The Sachar Committee report is there. I mean, it, it, it sort of revived the whole uh, idea of uh, Muslim exceptionalism. And then to carry it forward. Now, is the politician doing it intentionally? Or is it just lazy politics? Now, that is something, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. But my, my thing is that Politicians in India should be extremely, extremely careful when they start banding around terms like minority areas. Minority areas then become minority districts. In Assam, in Bengal, in Bihar, there are contiguous districts which are minority or Muslim dominated. So when, if you are going to concede that it's meant only for them, they are then going to demand that why should we need to stay with you? We are good as we are. Now, so, Kushal, I mean, you know, the, the, the young of India must make an effort. We are, we are celebrating 75 years of independence. But the young should make an effort to read about the 75 years before independence or 100 years before independence. It, 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 there is a reason why I'm saying this. Because I think the, the Marxist historians 
and the left leftist stooges uh, of Nehru Parivar. They have got, done great disservice to this country by completely wiping out the backdrop of India's partition, what led to it, what caused it, what led to the demand, what caused its creation, Pakistan's creation, and what were the consequences. Not only and I have no doubt in my mind if this is not checked, I have I, 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 I may not be around, but I have no doubt in my mind that if this uh, tendency of, of, of reducing politics to the lowest common denominator of what we knew as appeasement politics now becoming uh, politics that that sort of uh, rely uh, or, or, or once again light the fires of separatism. Unless this is stopped, unless this is checked, and unless there is a conscious decision that politicians in this country shall not use the term minority areas. And if required, there should be a law prohibiting the use of this term. The country is far more precious than the, than the crappy politics of people like Mamta Banerjee and others who have reduced the idea of India's nationhood to their very... Uh, damaging vote bank politics. There should be a law. There should be a law penalizing politicians for indulging in such vocabulary. You can't do this. I mean, they have to be sensitive to the idea that we've already have a history no, where... They are sensitive to the idea. Kushal, be under no illusion. They know. Mamta Banerjee knows what she is saying. She knows the, uh, I mean, whom is she pandering to when she says this? Whose fancies she is tickling when she is saying this? She is very, very clear about it. And she is worried today because she lost the last by-election, which had a sizable, uh, that constituency. Has a has a sizable Muslim population. She lost the by-election, and the seat went to the Congress, and and that is now being read as the as the Muslim vote shifting away from her to other alternatives. And that has rung alarm bells in the Trinamool Congress, and this is Mamta Banerjee's response: minority areas. We will defend minority areas. We will protect minority areas. Alibaba, what about the, I, I, I mean, for want of a better term, what about the majority areas? They will be left at the mercy of uh, rioters. And this, this was exactly what was happening in Bengal, in Calcutta, 
starting with the direct action day riots, followed by the Noakali riots. Mamta Banerjee should read up history. She should at least, uh, you know, uh, uh, get somebody to prepare a one pager for her and read it. When, when they declared uh, that uh, direct action day was chosen by them for Thala Hobe or whatever, some, some, something silly. People laughed at it and some people said, no, no, it is just, uh, it's a coincidence. They don't mean anything. No, not at all. She knows or she knew the day, the date she was picking. What was the significance of that date? Trinamool Congress knew the significance of the date and that's why it picked on that date. That's why it chose that date. And similarly today when she talks about minority areas, she knows the, 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 the context and meaning of this phrase, how it resonates with history and how it resonates with a certain section of Muslims. And that's why she is using it. It's not a very casual reference. It is normalization. And this, again, I repeat, Kushal, uh, you know, as, 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 as a Bengali and as a legatee of partition refugees, This is a dangerous game. This, yeah. this, 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 this will, this will, this can only fetch misery. It can only fetch misery. It will never. It, it may fetch votes for LCD politicians, but it will fetch misery for the nation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. In fact, unfortunately. Uh... Which leads me to the question, like, uh, what will be the reaction in, in such a case uh, from the normal society in Bengal? Like, is there a reaction when such irresponsible statements, like, the statement was so peculiar when the PTI quoted her, they, the BJP, uh, I, I, and I want to quote the tweet uh, properly, they, BJP, are deliberately entering minority areas with Ram Navmi processions without permission. I mean... I, I don't know how where one starts and where one goes. First of all, like what is uh, uh, you know uh, why can't a person enter a minority? Like the, the very thought that if there is a Muslim majority in some area, the very idea of a Ram Navmi procession going is harmful to them and is an act of aggression is itself a disgusting thought. I mean, does the honourable Chief Minister of Bengal realize that? Like the Hindu, like don't the Hindus listen to all of this in Bengal? <laughs> you ask multiple questions in one go. Uh, <laughs> now, I, as I said, that this this whole thing of minority areas is an absurdity. A chief minister is nobody to tell an Indian where he or she can go. And if police permission has to be taken for that, that means the 
chief minister and her administration are conceding that these have become no-go areas. What does it speak about the state, about its government, and about its chief minister and its ruling party? To the BJP has as much right to reach out to Muslims in minority areas as Mamta Banerjee has or her Trinamool Congress has. She cannot issue a fiat saying that you are prohibited from doing so. And lastly, as I said that, uh, and I say this with great sorrow, with great sadness, the Bengali Bhadrulo class is now is now so supine, so spineless that they do not have the courage to stand up and resist. The middle classes are worried about where the next meal is going to come from. West Bengal's economy is in a shambles. The state is broke. There is no industry happening. There are no jobs happening. The educated Bengali, young Bengali, man or woman, is leaving the state for uh, to, to sort of uh, look for livelihood elsewhere. Recently, I was... Uh, on, on, on a, um, in a discussion panel with Swapandas Gupta and he, and he mentioned a startling fact that there are 12 lakh Bengalis in Karnataka. Now, these 12 lakh Bengalis are not in Karnataka because, and I, I would presume mostly in Bangalore and the IT belt. They're not there because of the weather. They are there because that is, that is the only option they have to earn a livelihood. So this being the case, and, and, and of course, our Bengali intellectuals with adult minds who are busy in you know leading malicious disinformation campaigns, or canvassing against India, against the government of India from foreign shows. So this is today's Bengal. Therefore, to ask, aren't the people of Bengal worried about what's happening? Aren't they worried about uh, the direction in which the state state's polity is moving. That question will never fetch a reply. You, you look before. at it this way. You look at it this way, Kushal. I mean, 
the great education scam of the TMC government, where jobs were sold, teachers' jobs were sold. And more than 50 crores, I mean, you know, 50 crores is still a lot of money, is recovered from the uh, from the education minister of that time, from his house, from his from his mistress's house or whatever. This is the, and, and the Calcutta High Court is coming down every few days on this particular scam. Lists are being published of people who have been given jobs for money. They are, they are now being removed from their jobs. It's an ongoing thing. It's not as if the scam is over or, or the investigation into the scan is over. And then you have Amorto Sen who flies down to Bengal, to Calcutta, and holds a press conference to praise Mamta Banerjee's education model. So you have a Nobel laureate in economics who actually praises a model of corruption. And this is today's Bengal. So just like every so time... It, it that... is very sad. It is very sad, yeah. as, as, as I said, that it hurts me very deeply to say this. And I'm not just being facetious when I say that it hurts me. I, I genuinely mean it. I know. I know you do. Uh, I, I I mean, I've discussed this many times with you. But uh, Dada, just one last question before we wrap it up. Now, again, you're going to see uh, criticisms from certain corners that will say, well, what is the central government doing? Why can't they fix it? Like, uh, this is literally my last question. So what is the answer on that scenario? Well, this is a question that has been answered previously also in the constitutional scheme of things. Law and order is a state subject. The center cannot, should not, must not march in with its forces into any state. The state government has to be held accountable. The state government has to be held responsible. And the state government has to be held to the constitutional standards to which it is obliged. So the question of the of the center Suomutu taking action and marching into West Bengal doesn't arise. Now, for argument's sake, if I were to agree with you and I said, and, and the center were to sort of, not that I would be issuing that order, but if the political leadership of the, of the central government were to decide to uh, take precipitate action, And that, that would be possible only by sacking the state government under 357. Without sacking the state government, you cannot dispatch central forces over there. 
Now, supposing you sack the state government, I mean, this is purely theoretical. Any state government in this day and age, you think the Supreme Court is going to take it lying low? It won't. And most important, you know, people are welcome to say whatever they wish to say about the prime minister and his democratic impulse. The prime minister is very clear in his mind. Nothing that 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 weakens the fundamentals of our democracy, which includes the separation of responsibilities between the central government and the state government and the joint responsibilities these have to be held sacrosanct law and order public order law and order is a state subject a constitutionally mandated state subject unless it's a federal crime which then becomes uh, a responsibility of the central government like terrorism or when the NIA moves in or the CBI moves in. The, this is non-negotiable and, and it, 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 it sort of, it's a, it's a debate which should never have happened. Again, it shows how ill-informed People in this country are about the constitution and its contents. I don't blame them. The, the education system is to blame. And people who devised that education system, which would keep the citizen ignorant about the constitution, they did it so they did so purposefully because they did not want citizens to become empowered. But responsible citizens should check the constitution. And the constitution says law and order is a state subject. State has to be held accountable. As I said, I can only repeat, state has to be held responsible. And the state has to be held to the standards prescribed by the constitution because it exists on the basis of that constitution. I agree. And and I hope the state does. And if it doesn't, I hope the people of uh, Bengal vote this current government out because that's the only way out of this conundrum. I mean, you can, simply cannot live in a unhealthy situation like this where, uh, you know, Hindus can't even take out Ram Navmi or Hanuman Jayanti processions until and unless they are not going through certain areas and they are not attacked. I mean, it, this, this cannot be an healthy situation. But uh, Dadat, once again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, uh, as always, uh, and uh, hopefully, I will call you the subject. I will call you the subject. Thank you. All right, guys, we'll wrap today's uh, discussion up. As always, you can follow Kanchanda on social media. Uh, the links will be in the description of the podcast. Please subscribe to the channel, like the video. Also, if you are an audio listener, you can leave a rating on iTunes or on Spotify and become a member on youtube patreon fanmo wherever you are or buy the merch i'll see you guys next time until then namaste take care bye bye